0: Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight for our time of ministry in the Word of God and our Bible study. Um, God is so good. What a privilege, what an exciting opportunity that He has given to us again tonight to be able to come together around His Word. I'm so thankful for this opportunity. And I trust that you are. I thank you, wherever you are joining us from in the world and um, wherever um, wherever whatever platform you might be joining us um, through. Thank you. Thank you for being with us tonight. It's exciting to be able to get together around the word of God to receive everything that the Lord has for us again tonight. Amen. For several months, several weeks, we've been studying guarantees for success and divine guidance through the Holy Spirit. In the last few weeks, particularly, we have been um, dwelling on and gloriously studying the ingredient of adversity and the role that adversity plays in helping us attain unto the success that has been planned and prepared for us. Oh, man, last week was so awesome. Glory to God. What a mighty presence of God in that service. I expect nothing less um, in this service and our other services, but that was just so remarkable. I'm so thankful that the Lord chose to visit us um, in that way. I'm going to strive tonight to keep to time and to finish um, on time. The Lord is going to help us. Amen. Um, I hope you have your Bibles <laughs> or whatever devices you use in accessing the Word of God. I hope you have something to write notes or however you take notes because the Lord is going to say something to you. I know it. The Lord is going to say things to you that you need to write down for yourself, for yourself, that you need to remember later on. It may not necessarily be things that I even am conscious that I'm saying to you, but I know that the Lord has a word. And, and um, the Bible says the entrance of his word um, gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. So we receive his understanding tonight. We receive the light of God in all of our lives and we give him all the glory and all the praise. Can we bow our heads and have a short word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you again tonight for your goodness, your loving kindness, your mercies to us. Thank you for the mighty presence of the mighty Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for bringing us together uh, at such a time as this, uh, gathering us around your word so that we can receive everything that you have prepared. We're truly thankful um we're we're thankful to be alive we're thankful to be strong to be well to be healthy glory to god thank you father for everything that you do for us lord bless your word tonight uh breathe upon it give us illumination clarity and direction i thank you for it precious lord i bless all of my brothers and sisters everyone that is online with us tonight receiving this service uh, this message and um being a part of this Bible study and those that would would listen to it afterwards. Father, let the same anointing, the same grace that is here with us right now, Lord, let that same grace be manifest in their own lives in the name of Jesus. I give you all the glory and I give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Guaranteed success. And divine guidance through the Holy Spirit several weeks on this and um let's dive into the new things that the Lord has for us uh tonight i I know that um i'm still um, um uh, I'm still um, uh, dealing with and and just overwhelmed by the empowerment that the Lord gave to us in our previous service and the great revelation and illumination that came out of that, out of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Uh, Our theme scriptures, 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 5, David said in the New Living Translation, is it not my family that God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with me. He is agreements are arranged and guaranteed in every detail he will ensure my safety and my success in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 the Bible says this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but you will meditate it day and night and observe to do according to all that is written therein Uh, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Good success is what the Lord has for us, all of us. Good quality, long-lasting success. Amen. And then in Third John verse 2, he says in the, the Living Bible uh, that, that I pray that all is well with you, that you are healthy, and that, that your soul is doing well. Well, success, to succeed means to turn out well. We've, you've heard this as many times as there have been uh, sessions uh, in, in this series of, of Bible studies. To succeed in life really means to turn out well in life. That every area of our lives turn out well spiritually, mentally, emotionally, in our relationships, our families, our marriages, our businesses, career, our finances, our ministries, and everything else. Our dreams. That our dreams turn out well, that the will of God, the purpose of God, uh, which He has established concerning us, uh, is fulfilled every time in every season of our lives. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter twenty-nine, verse eleven, "I know it is for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, say of the Lord. They are thoughts of good, not of evil, to bring you to an expected end." Well, what is the expected end? The expected end is a good end. Is the dream that God has for us? Is the dream that He created us with that we have for our future? We had from the beginning of our lives before corruption. The corruption of the world um, um, distracted us. He says, "I, I, I have a plan to give you a hope, to give you a future." Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Well this series of lessons we have been studying um, around the Word of God to, to grow and to move towards that success that God has for us. Over the last few weeks, we have been studying the ingredient of adversity, and I want us to continue that tonight. Adversity is one of the most important ingredients for success. And as we have already seen in the Word of God, um, every opportunity comes with adversity, and every adversity every adversity comes with opportunity. It is important that our eyes of faith are always opened so that we can see the opportunity in the adversities of life that we experience and that we can take advantage. We can maximize the, the grace of God that is made available to us, and then we can take advantage of the opportunities that exist in the adversities of life that we encounter let's read together real quickly 1st Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9 Paul says for a great door and effectual is open unto me and there are many adversaries it says in the amplify for a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me there a great and promising one and there are many adversaries so the the wide door of opportunity that this man of God, this servant of God, was presented with also came with many adversaries. Well, there are certain things that must be persuasions of ours. If adversity is going to turn to prosperity, if adversity is going to help us maximize opportunity, in the seasons of life, when we encounter adversity, there are certain knowings. There are certain persuasions that we must have in our lives. And we, 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 we wow, glory to God, did we really, did we really just delve and, and chew up and eat up and soak up all of that revelation last week? There are certain persuasions that must be um, a constant in our lives now, let's um, let's let's um, let's go through that corridor in First Corinthians chapter ten and verse thirteen. I always like reading that scripture because it breaks everything down for us and gives us perspective right out of the gate. Right, so immediately we can put adversity in its rightful place. Glory to God! There are a lot of people who build walls around adversity. They build thrones. They build um, um, doctrines, and they build. Uh, uh, theological positions around adversity. But adversity really is nothing. Adversity is supposed to be an ingredient that helps us achieve success quickly in life. Even in the world, there are a lot of people who succeed in the world. One of the ways they have learned to succeed is to put adversity in its place. They know how to use adversity. People who succeed in the world know how to use failure, as a stepping stone to true success. Hallelujah. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, it really helps us put difficulties in their rightful place. Look at what it says in verse 13. There has no temptation, or if you want to replace that word temptation with difficulty or adversity or trial or problems or trouble, right? All of those will be right. There has no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. In the Amplified Version, the Bible says, For no temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you, that is not common to man, that is no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance, and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to the human experience. And such as man can bear, but God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure, but with the temptation he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. There are four major things we've always pulled out of that particular scripture. Number one, and all of these four things regard adversity, going through difficulties and afflictions and times of trouble in life. Number one, it is common. It is common to the human experience. Somebody else somewhere has experienced it and they have overcome it. Somebody else somewhere is experiencing whatever it is you're experiencing now. Somebody else somewhere is experiencing it today in real time. It might even be someone close to you. You just don't know it, right? It is common to the human experience. Adversity is common to the human experience. Number two, you are able to overcome it. You are able. You've got to believe that. You are able. You have what it takes. Hallelujah. You are able to come out of that ditch. You are able to come out of that valley. You are able to do better. You are able to come out into your next wealthy place. Number three, God is faithful. God is faithful to carry us through. He's faithful to help us through. Is faithful to remain with us, to stand with us when we go through these difficulties of life. And finally, number four, he will show us there is a way of escape to a landing place, a good landing place, and the Lord will show it to us. There is a way of escape out of that adversity, out of that trial. There is a way, there is a way, and the Lord will show it to us. He will help us find it so that we can get out into a landing place of our next um, wealthy place, our success, our prosperity. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Last week, we read in Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah chapter 43, uh, where the Lord said, you know, uh, when you go through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. No matter what you go through, fires and difficulties, I will be there with you. And, and he says, I will bring you out. I will even give men in exchange for your souls, right? Because you were created for my glory. Well, that scripture assures us that God is with us. God is always with us. You must be persuaded about this. You must know that you know that you know that you know that God is with you, that God is for you, and that this situation is working out for your good. Amen? Amen. You must know that you know that you know that you know that God is with you, that God is for you, and that this situation is working out for your good. There must be no question about that, whether God is for you or not, whether God is with you or not. That must never be in question. You must be persuaded about it. God is for me. God is for me. God is with me. God is for me. God is with me. Right? We must never be um, in that situation where Joshua was. And, and he saw the captain of the Lord's army show up in Joshua chapter 5 verse 13. And, and, and he, he asked him, he lifted up his eyes and saw the captain, the, the angel of God show up. And he asked him, are you for us or are you, are you for our adversary? No, 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 no. That is not even a question. That should never be a question in your mind, in my mind. God is always for us. God is always with us. He's never for our adversaries. Hallelujah. But if it becomes a question, and you are in doubt of that revelation, then the affirmation you need in that moment will not be available to you. Right? The angel will say, nay, that is neither neither you nor the adversary. Right? Because then you don't know, you don't have the faith that is requisite for, for God's presence and God's power and, and God's glory and God's plan to be made manifested in your situation. You must know, no matter what the situation is, as you walk through the corridors of adversity, it must be clear to you, God is for me. Can you say that? God is for me. Amen. God is for me. It must be clear to you, God is with me. Can you say that? God is with me. Amen. God is with me. It must be clear to you, this situation is working out for my good. Can you say that? This situation is working out for my good. This situation is working out for my good. There must be no question about that in any of our minds. Look at Hebrews chapter 13. Oh, what a powerful scripture. What a lovely New Testament scripture I love. it. It's a lovely, powerful, powerful covenant scripture. Hebrews chapter 13 And verse 5, and look at it in the Amplified, the B part. I'm going to read the B part of that verse 5, and then I'm going to read verse 6. Glory to God, hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, the B part says, For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. Then he repeats it, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not, assuredly not. Glory to God. Look at verse 6. So we take comfort and we are encouraged and we confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Look at that. We confidently. And we boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Hmm? We can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not be terrified. What can man do to me? Well, if you have that confidence, see where it says, boldly say, confidently say, we encourage, we take comfort, we'll boldly say, The Lord is my. If you can boldly say that, then how can you also ask the question, Are you for us? Uh, you, can, you can do both. You can boldly say, The Lord is with me. The Lord is for me. The Lord is my helper. You can confidently say that, and yet at the same time, you are questioning God. Are you are you with me? God, are you are you with me? Are you for me or for my adversary? No, 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 no. mm that must never be in question. God is for you. God is with you. God is your helper. Shout hallelujah, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I started preaching. Let's keep it as a teaching tonight. Look at Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Let's read from verse 1. Woo-hoo. God is with me. God is for me. I can confidently. I can boldly say that God is for me. God is with me. In any situation of of adversity, God is for me. God is with me. Hallelujah. I can boldly say he is my helper. I will not be afraid. I will not be terrified. I cannot be afraid. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? Hmm? What can man do to me? What can adversity do to me? What can the adversary do to me? I will never be afraid. God is with me. Amen. This, this must be a persuasion that we have. You can't get into adversity and then be wondering, is God here? Is God with me? No, you can't do that. Because if you do that, that's a recipe for failure. That's a recipe to be trapped in the valley of the shadow of death, to, to, to be lost there. And, 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 and uh, you, you, are, you are like willingly, voluntarily giving up Your rightful inheritance to victory. Your rightful inheritance to God's approval and God's affirmation. Your rightful inheritance to to glory. You are giving it up and then Satan will take advantage of you. God is for you. God is with you. David said in Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell like a host. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should arise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to require... In his temple. For in the time of trouble, in the time of adversity, he will hide me in his pavilion. I know that. I'm confident he will hide me. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. I'm confident of that. I'm not wondering about it. I don't have any questions about it. The Lord will hide me. The Lord will be with me. The Lord will keep me. Hallelujah. And now verse six. Now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies, round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. My head will be lifted up above my enemies. There's no question about that. My head will be lifted up above my enemies. I will rise above. I will rise above. I'm coming out. Hallelujah. I will not be submerged or buried in this red sea of affliction, no, 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 no. My head will be above. I will come through it. I will come through. Why? Because the Lord is with me. He is my light. He is my salvation. He is my helper. He said in verse 13, I would have fainted. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I do believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How about you? I said, how about you? I do believe. That I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's not even, it's not even like yeah, something that is sweet to say. It is sweet to say. But, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying because I'm confident about it. I'm sure of it. Right? There's no question about it in my mind. No question about it anywhere. Amen. I would have fainted unless I had believed. I do believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Remember the confidence of the three Hebrew boys, right? When Nebuchadnezzar was threatening them. You remember the confidence they had? We've got to have confidence. In the moment of adversity, we must not lose that confidence. In moments of adversity, we must not be dilly-dallying regarding our faith. We must not be unsure, right? We must know. Remember last week we learned three knowings. The the, the Word of God described them as knowings. That's the greatest strength of any believer in a season of adversity. The Word of God describes them as three knowings and they're in three categories. I'll get to it in a minute, but I don't want to get sidetracked. Let's go to Daniel. I want to read just a couple of verses here. Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, and then let's go talk about those knowings and get into a few New Testament scriptures. I'm going to get into it tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter three. Look at, look at, um, look at, let's, let's read it from verse 15. I was going to start from, uh, verse 16, but let's just read verse 15. This is where, this is where the king starts threatening them, right? (laughs) This is where the the king starts threatening them. Remember, a lot of the adversity that is sent against us is sent to threaten us. It's sent to intimidate us. It's sent to test the strength of what we really believe. It's sent to test the strength of our persuasion. This is very easy. To say, I believe God, when everything is going well. How about when nothing seems to be going well? Can we still say, I believe God? Right? Because that is the test of our faith. The Bible says our faith sometimes is proven, it's tested, so it can be proven. Well, how will it be tested? How will it be proven? Unless what faith usually should deliver, it does not deliver. When faith should deliver something into your life, but suddenly it is not delivering that thing it should be delivering into your life, then your faith is being tested. Your faith is being proven. Hallelujah. There's no better time to build our faith muscles than in times of adversity. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory to God. There's no better time to mount up with wings as the eagle There's no better time to really strengthen ourselves in the confidence of what we have and what we know than the times of adversity when our faith is tested. And when our faith is tested, we need to be there, solid. And we need to be saying things like, I don't care. I am not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am moved only by the word of God right? In those moments, we must say the word of God is enough for me. All the guarantee I need is in the word and I, I, that's good enough for me. I don't need God to give me another guarantee. I don't need God to, to, I don't need him to blow smoke. I don't need God to, I don't need him to send an angel from heaven. I, I don't need God to give me a sign. All the sign I need is in his word. I'm confident God is with me. God is for me. Hallelujah. Look at what he said. The king said to them, threatening them. Now, if you are ready, at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music. You fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, that means it will be well with you, right? He's threatening them. If you do what I want, it will be well with you. My, su- Your success is, in, is up to what I do. That's what he's saying to them. Right? That's how the world, that's how Satan deceives people in the world. Like you can succeed if you do what I want. That's not true. That is not true. Our success is guaranteed by God. Our success is not guaranteed by any human being. Some of you say, Well, if you do what I want, if you give me what I then then you then I will make you so no, you don't know no, your destiny is not in the hand of any human being. Mm-mm. All that threatening is just hot air. And you must really believe in the the precept of the word of God that like he said he would never leave you or forsake you. He said he would do you good. He said he will help you well. if the Lord is helping you, what there's no problem. Hallelujah. If you bow down well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fairy furnace. And who is that God that will deliver you out of my hands? He made a mistake. Who is that God? He doesn't know that God. Look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful. We are not careful to answer you in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Our God is able. But if not be it known unto you, O king, that we still will not serve your kings, your gods, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. Our God is able. That is period. That's period. Forget about anything else that happens after that. Our God is more than able to deliver us. And he will deliver us. And we expect him to deliver us. And it doesn't matter what it looks like we are facing. Maybe the situation seems to be going from bad to worse. You know, that's the way the enemy works in adversity. He tightens the screws. He increases the pressure. Well, let me tell you, no matter how much pressure he puts upon us, the word of God will never change. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but not a jot of his word will go unfulfilled. Hallelujah. So, no much, no ma- <laughs> no matter how much pressure Satan applies, we are standing on the word. Here we are, standing on the word. We believe God. We believe his word. We are persuaded. We know he's faithful. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace. And he will deliver us out of your He will. No question. We know we are persuaded. We are persuaded. He will. Glory be to God. Our God whom we serve is able. And he will deliver us. Let's go over this one more time. Your greatest strength in any season of adversity you encounter in your life. Is what the word of God describes as your knowings. Three. Your knowings. Number one. Who you know in your situation. What did the three Hebrew boys say? Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us and He will. We know Him. Who you know in your situation. Number two, what you know about your situation. What you know about your situation is temporary. It's temporary. In fact, the Bible describes it in the New Testament. You have to bear with me. I have to go look for this scripture because I didn't prepare it. But here we are. The Holy Spirit is leading us. Glory to God. And we're excited about that. It's his his service. In in any way he directs us, that's where we go. The Bible says affliction. All these things that we see, they are temporary. They are temporary. Right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Glory to God. Oh, I love it. I love it. First, it starts in, um, look at verse 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. We are always bearing about in the body. The dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Let's go down to verse, glory to God. Let's go down to verse 16. He says, for the which cause we faint not. We faint not. That means we don't get discouraged we don't faint, we don't quit, we don't give up hope, we don't lose our confidence, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish because of adversity, though things seem not to be going well right now, though things, our expectations seem not to be met right now, though things are turning out a little different from what we desire right now, Notice what he says. He says, "Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. We are renewed in confidence. We are renewed in strength. We are renewed in faith. We are sure. We are sure of the word of God. He said in verse 17, For our light affliction, this is the way he describes adversity. Our light affliction, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. I love that. Our light affliction, which is but for this guy asked, but for a moment. Last week we, the Lord, the, the the Holy Spirit passed through our our study, and started to speak to us and tell us adversity is a short time. It's supposed to be for a short time, like the Psalmist said. God in Psalm 23, David said, He God he, he leads me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he make me to lie down in green pastures, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He said, Yeah, but though I walk through the valley. So when he came to valley, he didn't say I lie down there. He said, I walk through quickly. It's for a moment. But when he came to prosperity, when he came to the place of refreshing and the place of, of blessing, he said, I lie down. He makes me lie down. When it comes to the valley of affliction, the valley of adversity, I walk through quickly. Paul said it is for a moment. This was a great revelation that the Lord released to us last week. Affliction is supposed to be for a moment, adversity is for a moment. Sometimes it lasts longer than it's supposed to last for many people. Some people go through adversity for decades over one matter. It's like you are in school and you can't graduate past a particular class. So therefore you can't graduate from that school. But the reason being that the things that the Bible describes as knowings, the things that should be knowings in our lives, they are not knowings. Especially the knowing of wisdom. Yes, knowing that God is with us. Knowing that God is with us in our situation. Extremely powerful and fundamental. Knowing that our situation is temporary, extremely fundamental, it will pass. It will pass. It, you know how many times the Bible says it came to pass. It came, to, and this one too shall come to pass. This one too shall come to pass. No matter how terrifying, no matter how difficult, it shall come to pass. Remind yourself from time to time: it shall come to pass. <laughs> when you begin to feel threatened and you begin to feel fearful and you begin to wonder, sometimes the enemy starts throwing thoughts at you. Just say to him, Satan, it shall come to pass. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord, it shall come to pass. It is written, it shall come to pass. Amen. Amen. It is temporary. It is temporary. He says, look in verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. This light affliction is just for a moment. A lot of times people are stuck in the place of their affliction because they lack insight regarding what they ought to do in real time in the moment. What are these knowings that we need to have in the season of adversity? We must know God is with us. We must know about our situation. It's temporary. There is a way out. It's for my good. And we must know in real time what to do. Even when we don't know what to do in the natural world, we must know what to do in real time in the moment so that we can elicit the plan of God. We can receive the blessing of God that have been prepared for us. Well, knowing what to do when you don't know what to do is described as wisdom. And the reason many people, the reason prosperity tarries for a lot of believers when they go through times of adversity is because they lack wisdom. Is because this is the simple, pure truth. Please don't take it personal, but it is the truth. All of us will go through affliction. All of us will go through difficulty. But how much time the lease of that affliction, the rental period of that affliction is determined by the measure of God's wisdom that is happening in your life? How long is the lease of this adversity? Does it have to be one year? Can it be just a couple of weeks? Can it be a few weeks? Like we said last week, Everything we read about the, the affliction that Job encountered before he hit his, the, the turning point was, theologians tell us it was about nine months. Everything was about nine months. I know it sounds sometimes, it, you read it feels like nine years or 90 years, but everything happened in nine months. That adversity is not supposed to last long. Look at it. It says, This our light affliction, which is for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen? For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Glory to God. That adversity is for a moment. Listen to this. Your greatest strength in any season of life, your greatest strength in any season of life or season of adversity that you encounter in your life is what the Word of God describes as your knowings. What are these three knowings? Number one, who you know in your situation. Number two, what you know about your situation. And number three, what you know to do in real time. As you walk through this situation, that's described as wisdom. Knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. Listen to this. Adversity isn't meant to last a long time, but we need to engage the wisdom of God so that his prosperity does not tarry after a season of adversity. We need to know how to engage the wisdom of God so that his prosperity does not tarry after a, se- a season of adversity, I want to read a couple of New Testament scriptures here tonight. Glory be the God. Glory, glory, glory be the God. Let's go to James chapter 1. And let's read from verse 2 to verse 8. James chapter 1. These are the knowings. We must have these knowings in our lives. Number one, who you know in your situation, what you know about your situation, and what number three, what you know to do in real time as you walk through the situation. That is wisdom. All of this will enhance the manifestation of the blessing of God, success, prosperity, open doors, opportunity. Hallelujah. Who you know in your situation, what you know about your situation, what you know to do in real time, even when you don't know what to do in natural. Wisdom, the wisdom of God, will determine how soon, how quickly, if ever, the blessing of God that has been ordained for that season. Hallelujah. The blessing of God that has been ordained for that season. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm excited about the word of God. I'm so excited about the word of God. Mm. So excited about the word of God. Here we go. Let's go to James chapter 1. Let's read from verse 2 to verse 8. Our time is running. I've got to close, I've got to close here on time, right here. James chapter, James chapter 1 from verse 2. Let's read this scripture. Let's read it first from the King James and then we'll read I think I'm going to close out here actually tonight because I want to close on time. Let's read this first in the King James and then let's go and read it in the Amplified. James chapter 1 and verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing, 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 Remember, your greatest strengths in a time of adversity are your knowings. What you know. Knowing. Knowing this. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. That is, when you go through adversity, it is an opportunity to develop your faith muscles. And in developing your faith muscles, Patience is produced. Oh, there's so many believers who don't like patience. They are scared of patience. When God says patience is a fruit of this, Ah, no, I don't like patience. Because patience patience almost suggests you have to wait forever to get what you are believing God for. But it's not true. Patience is how we develop endurance. It's how we develop strength of character. Hallelujah. He says, he says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith will produce patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let that patience do its work. Amen. Let faith and patience bring you to a place where you can inherit your promise. Hallelujah. Let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. If any of you lack wisdom. Remember those knowings? Knowing who is with you, God is with you. Knowing what you need to know about your situation. It's developing. It's an opportunity to grow my faith muscles. To produce the fruit of patience. So that I can inherit the promise in faith. And then knowing what to do in real time. In the moment. In your situation of adversity. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That give it to all men liberally. And upbraid it not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Hallelujah. Yes, I was going to read the amplified version of it. You know, I'm going to stop right here and we're going to pick it up next week. I want to close on time. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Count it all joy when you fall into adversity, knowing that the trying of your faith will produce patience. Let patience have a perfect walk, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If you lack wisdom, ask of God and ask in faith. Father, we thank you so much for tonight. We give you the glory and the praise. We honor you. We lift you up. We adore you. Thank you for your mighty presence in this service. Thank you, Father God, for uh, all of my brothers and sisters, everyone under the sound of my voice. Thank you, Father, for the impartation of your word, impartation of your life, impartation of your grace to each and every one of us tonight. Oh, Father God, we come to you in confidence. We are so persuaded that you have a good plan for our lives. Your word is enough for us. We are thankful that you will never leave us or forsake us. You are working out things for our benefit. You are working out things for our good. And everything that you have ordained concerning our lives will be established according to your word. We give you the glory tonight. We give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. Thank you so much, saints, for joining us tonight. Thank you. What a glorious service. Another glorious service we had. Praise God. Thank you for being here. I look forward to seeing you again. Same time next week. God bless you. Good night.